Alrighty, welcome um, to the first ever episode of Out of Office Unfiltered. I am your hostess, Taylor Nicole, and I am so beyond grateful that you are here listening. Um, I am sure that many of my first listeners are going to be friends or family or people who know me personally. Um, just as excited to have you here. Um, huge thank you to all of you. This would not have come to fruition without the endless support and encouragement that those closest to me have given me um, over the past two years. And I don't want to take up too much time on this intro, but I just wanted to say thank you for listening. Um, I hope you enjoy and welcome to the first ever episode of Out of Office Unfiltered with Taylor Nicole. All right, I wonder if this is picking up the audio. Uh, hopefully. <laughs> Okay, um, hi everyone, and welcome to the first episode of Out of Office Unfiltered. I am your hostess, Taylor Nicole, um, and I am so thankful that you are here listening. Um, This has been a long time coming, um, and I am just very grateful for everyone who encouraged me and quite frankly pushed me to finally do this. So yeah, if you are someone that I know, thank you. And if you are someone that I don't know, thank you as well for tuning in. Um, So today's episode was kind of inspired by just a lot of reflection that I've been doing recently. Um, I just turned 23 uh, about 11 days ago on the 13th, and um, I knew I wanted my first episode to be sort of about the things that I've learned um, in my 23 years, and um, I made a list, and this episode was originally going to be 23 things that I've learned in 23 years, uh, but I have shortened it because I tried recording it last night with my friend Sydney and um, it was like an hour long and we were only halfway through and I just don't think that you guys want to hear me talk for that long quite yet. So instead of that, uh, I am going to be talking about the 11 biggest lessons that I've learned in my 23 years so far. And let's start with the honorable mentions. They're just small, but important things to know. Okay, starting with the honorable mentions, um, put gas in your car the night before. Um, Just do it. I can promise you that if I've learned anything in my 23 years, and if I have especially learned anything in these six months I've been working in corporate America, you are not going to want to put car, put car in your gas, put gas in your car um, at 6am tomorrow morning. So, just do it tonight. Uh, number two, invest in a good planner. It will change your life. Invest in a good planner and actually use it or hold yourself to that. Um, 
my planner is my Bible. I have it with me at all times. I am constantly writing in it. I have my weeks planned out to the T. Um, and I just, I've created so much of a habit with it that I don't know what I would do otherwise. Um, read, find a good book, find an author that you like, find a genre that keeps you interested. Um, and just read. It's so good for you. Um, and it's such a simple thing to integrate. Do 10 pages at night. Um, start off small, baby steps, but it really is so good for you. Um, number four, always have a pen and something to write on. Inspiration is spontaneous. Um, the amount of times, and we this isn't necessarily as big of an issue now that we have iPhones and you can just throw something into your notes app, but I feel like the amount of times that I will go and type something into my phone and then it's just lost in the void forever, you know, you, it's just, for me, again, always having my, my planner and my pen on me, I write down the ideas that I have, um, and this podcast right now, uh, this episode, this, this topic is something that was, that is the product of inspiration and spontaneity. But anyways, number five, learn how to give a good handshake. Um, point blank. If you are going to be working in corporate America or anywhere, you know, learn how to give a good handshake and learn how to, um, level the playing field of dominance when you shake someone's hand. Number six, credit cards are not monopoly money. And I learned this one the hard way my last semester of college. It is real money that you are eventually going to see come out of your, your bank account. Don't, don't swipe your credit card. <laughs> don't do it. Put it away. Honestly, something that I've done um, to help me understand this is I've put a lock on my credit card. So like you have to go into the app and unlock it in order to use it. And it'll decline if you try to use it while it's locked. And um, that it gives me like another second to think about <laughs> whether or not I really need this thing that I'm buying. Um, and honestly, attached to that, number seven, listen to your gut. That feeling you get when you're using your credit card, that buyer's remorse, you probably don't need the thing that you're buying then. Um, if you don't have the money in your debit to purchase it, don't don't buy it. <laughs> um, anyways, all right, let's jump into the main content for this episode, the 10 biggest lessons that I have learned in my 23 years of life. Number one, give yourself and the people around you and most importantly, your parents grace. Being a human is really hard, especially in the age that we are currently living in with technology and just so much access to others um, and to the world. And with that, being a teenager is really hard. Um, and I think something that we don't acknowledge enough is how much teenagers are kind of balancing at any given moment, um, which sounds crazy. And like, don't get me wrong. I'm not a, a big fan of them. And I was not a big fan of myself as a teenager. Um, but in hindsight, you know, being an adult, I look back and I can recognize how my behavior was the direct result of my childhood and things that I didn't know how to cope with. And then also the just absolute 
overload of hormones in my body that I had never experienced before and that I was just acting on so much impulse because I didn't understand what was going on in my brain or my body and I just I look back and I used to be so frustrated with that version of myself for how she was behaving um and now I look back and I I feel for her and I have so much empathy for her and I just have learned to give that version of myself grace because I know she meant well. I think that she just didn't necessarily know how to be well at at every moment. Um, But with that, and this is where a lot of my remorse comes from, from that time of my life, give your parents grace. Um, I saw a TikTok a while back that said, remember, it's our parents' first time going through life as well. And it put so much into perspective for me. Uh, I don't think that we acknowledge this. I had never acknowledged this prior to seeing this TikTok, but, um, like (laughs) they're doing the same thing that we are. They're just winging it and hoping for the best. And I mean, we're lucky. I'm lucky. I only have one person to take care of. My mom is going through life her first and only try to the evidence that we have. Um, And she doesn't just have herself to take care of. She's got five kids to guide as well. And I mean, she's, she's just winging it and hoping for the best. And I just think that that is crazy. And not only that, I was at dinner with, um, one of my friends the other night and we were talking about this. Um, so I was reading her out, you know, some of the things I wanted to talk about in this episode. And not only is it our parents first time going through life, But I think it could be argued that this is the biggest shift in generations and, like, what they are used to ever. Like, our grandparents and our parents kind of went through similar things. They lived in a similar time. Um, Obviously, there were vast differences, but they, for the most part, you know, grew up knowing the same things, um, knowing the same technology for sure. But, I mean, our parents grew up in a time where, I mean, they, my mom was just telling me a story this morning about how she had a landline and they would prank call off of a landline. And, like, that is wild to me. Like, we teenagers, even children at in this era, have access to iPhones and iPads and the entire internet and the entire world. And, you know, as parents, I mean, I'm not a parent, but I'm assuming that is a crazy task to take on when you didn't grow up during a time that had so much so easily accessible. And so when I I saw that TikTok, I really, I really empathized for my mom and how much she has had to learn, um, in her time on earth, but then also in her time with children, because it's just, I can't even imagine. And I I look, I think back to like asking my mom for advice as a teenager, or I mean, even now asking her for guy advice or dating advice. And she'll say something and I'm like, what on earth? Like, why would you, why would you ever advise someone to do that? Like what? And then now I think I'm like, Because that for her generation and for when she was dating was normal and made sense 
but for our generation comes off as like old-fashioned or strange um and it's just it's crazy like we give our parents so much trouble for you know the advice that they try to give us but very very little do we empathize with them um and just try to understand like where that advice is coming from and understanding that it's their first time their their first time out here too um so anyways long tangent on point number one um but give yourself grace and also give your parents grace um number two when you're tired learn to rest not to quit this is a big one especially for anyone in college who's listening you know burnout is a huge thing and I experienced it a lot in college a couple times in high school and some bad news that I have for you is it doesn't go away Um, I've been working in corporate America for about six months now and burnout is very much so still a thing still very prevalent in my life but you know learning to listen to your body and your brain and and acknowledge your feelings and giving yourself the rest that you deserve your performance is going to be so much better, so exceptional in the long run. If you just listen to your body and nurture it the way it needs to be, then trying to push and then burning yourself out completely and feeling like you need to give up altogether. Number three, and this is a big one that I want to emphasize, but if it's not going to matter in five years, don't spend more than five minutes worrying about it. I It took me a while to learn this. I was so guilty of it in high school, just stressing myself out over what was going to come next and essentially putting myself through something before it was even ever presented in front of me. And looking back, it's just like, wow, that is so crazy that I put so much weight into something that was so out of my control and that hadn't even manifested itself yet. And so I think it's important for us to to acknowledge like the things that are out of our control are out of our control. And this is really hard. And I acknowledge this as someone who is a control freak, but let them be like, let whatever is going to happen, happen. Stop ruminizing and driving yourself insane over something that has not happened yet and something that you have no control over. With the five years, like instead of when you find yourself in these anxious places or these places of insecurity where you're stressing yourself out over something, think about the timeline of this event or situation. One, think of the entire life cycle. Is this going to happen in a day, a month, a year, whatever? How long is this going to be happening for? And is it actually going to have any effect on my life in five years from now? Because I can assure you that the person who, that you are, the version of yourself that you will be in five years is going to be entirely different than the version of yourself right now. Just like how the version of yourself now is entirely different than the version of yourself that existed five years ago. So really think about whether or not that issue that you are stressing out about is going to matter in five years. Now, after you've spent like two minutes thinking about that, thinking of the life cycle and the timeline of this issue, think to yourself, okay, what can I do 
for the remaining three minutes that I have allotted myself in this five minute evaluation period that is going to get me out of this funk, out of this whole, what can I do? Whether it's just going outside and getting some air, taking a walk, putting on your gym clothes and going to the gym, eating a snack, drinking some tea, whatever it is. Do one thing that is going to make you feel better and then take it from there. Don't spend more than five minutes worrying about something that is out of your control and that is not going to have any effect on your life in five years. I promise it is life-changing and it is so not worth it to stress yourself out over something that you cannot control and that is not going to affect you in the long run. And when you take those first two minutes to evaluate that life cycle and that timeline, you're going to eventually realize and build a habit of understanding that most things in life, most issues that we face are not that deep and are not worth the emotional turmoil that we give to them. All right. Number four, stop committing yourself to situationships. And stop compromising your needs for someone else's wants. With this, learn how to set boundaries effectively and then set them. And I could not emphasize the importance of this more. Our generation's perspective and approach to dating and marriage and commitment is so skewed and so just distorted and like I'll be incredibly honest I have no idea how we got here (laughs) but it is truly so upsetting that you know we we've just lost that energy and excitement that goes into dating and meeting people and finding your person um and we've created we've birthed this concept of a situationship which ew stop it both parties like I I am begging both parties that are involved in situationships doesn't matter if you're a man or a woman or however you identify do not compromise your needs for someone else's wants if you are someone who needs to be independent and alone and find yourself before you can be in a relationship don't sit there and commit half-heartedly to a relationship with someone who you know needs to be or wants to be in a committed relationship same goes for you know lovebirds out there I fall into this category don't commit yourself to someone who has expressed that they do not want to be in a relationship. Don't compromise the fact that you want to be in a committed relationship with someone who has communicated that they do not want to be in a relationship. You are only going to get hurt every single time. You are only going to get hurt. Right person, wrong time does not exist because if they're the right person, they are always going to be on time. And it's just, it's just not worth it. It is a recipe for disaster. And that is coming from so much experience <laughs> and so many personal testimonies that it is not worth it. And I, I care, I guarantee you that there is someone out there 
who is just as, if not better, and is going to treat you so well and is going to want to commit to you. And it might not be Chad from a frat basement, but they're they're still going to be pretty great. So don't compromise your needs for someone else's wants because you're afraid that they're the best that it's going to be. They aren't. Part of this comes with setting boundaries, you know? Have your must-haves. What are you absolutely not willing to compromise in a relationship? Have that written out. Have that list. Set those boundaries and then don't compromise them. If this is something that you absolutely need, do not compromise it. If someone doesn't fit it, then they are not worth the emotional turmoil that you will go through with them if you try to compromise those needs or wants. So just, you know, have your checklist, have, you know, your red flags and your must-haves and evaluate people based on that and stick to it. Number five, we are kind of zooming through this list. This is a hot take. (laughs) And I want to preface this one with the fact that I have gone to therapy. I have acknowledged the mental health issues that I face and will continue to overcome for the rest of my life. I have processed the trauma that I have gone through. I've done the work and the research and the investigation. And that is why I have come to my stance on this opinion. And if you don't agree, that's okay. You don't have to agree with anything or everything that I say in this episode, but it is something that my therapist said to me after I was a couple sessions in and it really whipped me into shape. And it's that mental health is not an excuse to treat the people around you poorly. It might be a cause, but it is not an excuse and it does not make your shitty behavior Okay. Hot take, for sure. So to break it down a little bit, I like where she says it might be the cause, but it's not the excuse. Because yeah, the amount of times that I have treated either my significant others, my mom, my family, my friends poorly in the name of mental health or in the name of anxiety or depression is disappointing it's just disappointing for me like looking back on my behavior but the most important part that I have learned is the accountability that comes afterwards obviously be proactive do the work to understand why you are the way that you are why you react to things certain ways But when you do slip up and maybe act in a way that you're not proud of, take accountability for that. Communicate to your partners or the people around you why you might be behaving this way. Or if you don't know why you're behaving this way, communicating like, you know, I don't really understand why I react that way. Maybe I can look into this, but I do want you to know that I'm sorry for making you be my emotional support punching bag because it might mental health might be the cause but it doesn't make it okay especially if you are not communicating and even more so if you are not taking accountability for your actions because you can say sorry they do not have to forgive you for it 
But the most important part is that you take accountability for it. You apologize um, and apologize incorrectly because you can't apologize for how someone feels. You can only apologize for what you did that made them feel that way. But apologizing and then giving it to them, letting them handle it from there because it's not an excuse. It might be the cause, but it's not the excuse. All you can do is take accountability, apologize, and then back to the lack of control thing. You do not have any control over how someone responds to the action or the apology. So just got to do your best and hope for the best. But the right person also will understand and will empathize and will want to work with you. And if they don't, then maybe you should reevaluate whether or not they are the right person to have in your life. Number six, understanding why you are the way that you are is pivotal and it is the best thing that you can do for your friendships, relationships, and everyday interactions. And I definitely want to dive into this one and maybe it'll be another episode because this essentially is the anchor of as to why I started going to therapy, but doing the work is so important. And I touched on this in the last point, but doing the work is so important to having a healthy relationship with yourself, with your friends, with partners, with your parents. And believe me, I am a huge advocate for mental health and wellness. And I know that therapy and mental health resources are not as easily attainable as they should be. And it can be really hard to acquire the help that you need. But there are little steps that you can take and little things that you can do to start that journey and to get to know yourself better. And so I think it's important to at least start there. So yeah, I think that this is something I definitely want to dive into more in a later episode. But I just want to leave it at that, that understanding why you are the way that you are or why you react to things a certain way, why certain things make you feel a certain type of way is the best thing that you can do for yourself and for the people around you and the relationships that you want to maintain. Moving to number seven. This is another one that I want to make another episode about, but your love story is going to be one that you are proud to tell your children about. Uh, Whether that story involves you loving yourself enough to know that you deserve better, uh, loving yourself or your children enough to know that they deserve a better love to look up to, uh, loving yourself enough to know that a good love is coming and that it's okay if you are alone right now because there is something good for you out there, Um, or just the fact that you are in love and it's healthy and it's happy. I think just, you know, taking a step back and looking at the love story that you're currently writing and really evaluating whether or not that's something that's the love story that you want to be a part of. I was talking about this last night with one of my friends and you know I think it's it's easy to have rose-colored glasses on and to think that oh this is amazing this is the best thing ever there's butterflies and it's exciting and I have all of these feelings but I think taking a step back And asking yourself, one, are butterflies actually healthy in a relationship? And two, is this something I would be proud to tell my daughter about or my mom about or a group of my friends? Or is this 
if I were to tell this story out loud to a group of people, am I going to have any negative feelings about it? Am I going to be insecure or embarrassed or shameful? Or am I going to be so excited and happy about how this person treats me that I can't wait to share it with other people? Number eight, experience each moment like it's your first. I actually saw this or heard of this one on a TikTok a couple weeks ago. There was a, it was a guy talking about how he had recently lost, or not recently, but had lost someone very close to him. And people were talking to him and essentially saying like, yeah, like you got to live each moment like it's your last. And he was like, that is really morbid. Like that's a very morbid perspective to have in life. And I don't like it. I feel like we should live each moment like it's our first. And I was like, wow, that is a really good point because I was told that so often when my dad passed away that you have to live each moment like it's your last because you never know when you're going to be taken from this world. And it's like, screw that. Like if I, if someone told me that I couldn't eat McDonald's fries, that it was going to be the last time I was ever eating McDonald's fries, I would be so sad. (laughs) Like, so sad. I wouldn't even be able to enjoy the moment because I'd be wondering why I can't eat McDonald's fries ever again. And like, that's the same thing. But the first time I ever ate McDonald's fries, I was so excited and like, just so elated. I was like, this tastes so good. I want to do this for the rest of my life, but I do. I love McDonald's fries. And so I hope that puts it into perspective a little bit more. Um, but you know, thinking of the first time that you ever did something, you're filled with excitement and curiosity and inspiration or whatever it is. Like you're just excited to be there and to be doing it. But the last time you do things, I just feel like there's not, there typically isn't any positive emotions associated with it. And so I really like that take that you should experience each moment like it's your first. And I hope that I made sense of that for for you all. Um, I hope the McDonald's fries comment wasn't like too confusing. I hope that broke it down. Number nine, don't invest in trends. I think that this is a big one that I really want to convey to you all. Um, don't invest in trends. They're not long lasting. It's a waste of money. They cycle through every couple years. Um, instead, you should invest in staple items, things that never lose their value, things that can be paired well with everything that you can wear multiple times. And this goes to more than just clothes. Don't invest in trends and apply that to other aspects of your life. And we can touch on that more <laughs> in another episode. Number 10. Uh, No one has any idea what's going on, like at all. And this was a crazy thing for me to come to terms with because I felt like I was the only one who had no idea what was going on. And I was like, how does everyone just like have everything mapped out? Like, how does everyone know what the hell they're doing? And someone sat me down and was like, Taylor, no one does. We are literally all faking it. Some people are just better at faking it than other people. And this goes back to, you know, it's all our first time out here. 
Like it is all of our first time going through life. Everyone is winging it and hoping for the best. All you can do is plan how you want to move forward, plan for the future, plan for any setbacks and speed bumps that you might encounter, acknowledge what is in and out of your control, and then try out the next step and see where it takes you. That is literally all you can do. Everyone is winging it. Everyone is faking it. We are all just doing our best, trying to survive and hoping that, you know, we end up somewhere we're happy to be. And so I think when you acknowledge that and really digest that, everything becomes very insignificant, but in a good way. Like, no one has any idea what they're, like, really supposed to be doing here. It's just all, like, you are winging it and you're hoping that you're going to find it. We're all just hoping to figure out what our purpose is. And, you know, it just makes life so much less serious. Like, just have fun. Just exist and, like, do your best and, like, you're going to be good. You're going to be all right. I hope that that makes sense. Point blank, no one knows what they're doing. No one's got the script or the handbook or the instructions on how to do life right or wrong because there isn't a right or wrong or a guidebook or an instruction manual or a script of what to say and what not to say. We just are all here and all doing our best and winging it and seeing where it takes us. So put on your favorite pair of shoes, uh, put your best foot forward, take the next step and see where you end up. Number 11. And uh, this is the one that we're going to close out on. No matter who, what, where, when, why, you are not early and you are not late. You, everyone listening to this, everyone individually, you are always going to be on time for anything and everything that is meant for you. I touched on this a little bit earlier where there's no such thing as right person, wrong time, because the right person is always going to be right on time. There is no such thing as having been on the right timeline as your friends. There's no such thing as being earlier than your friends, later than your friends. And I, I feel this a lot. This resonates with me because I have friends who are married or engaged and I have friends who are single I have friends who are living with their significant others, buying apartments, living at home. And so sometimes I just, I feel so lost and flustered in my timeline, having no idea where I'm supposed to fall. Like, where am I supposed to be? And that doesn't matter because the bottom line is I am supposed to be exactly where I am because I'm not late. I'm not early. I am right on time for where I am supposed to be. I am exactly where the universe intends Taylor Nicole to be at in this given second. And I think that that is super important for us to acknowledge and digest and just sit with. Don't compare yourself to what any of your friends are doing right now. Do not compare yourself to what your friends are doing. It is not worth it. It is not worth the anxiety that it is going to throw you into. It is not worth the any of the emotions that you might feel by comparing yourself to other people's timelines because that is so out of your control and it, it's better to just literally take the first step, see where it takes you, go down your own path and your own timeline 
and experience the things as they are meant to be when they get to you than to settle or rush your timeline at all. It is not worth it. Everything that is meant for you is going to be yours in the timeline that it is meant to be yours. Don't rush it. Don't go searching for it. Don't try to chase it down or don't try to run away from it or stop it or avoid it. Let everything be the way that it needs to be. And I promise that things are going to work out. Wow. I am so surprised that we just got through that in 41 minutes. Thank you so much for listening. This has been super like therapeutic and fun and I'm super excited for you all to listen. My, uh, I guess this is the part where we do like the Instagram plugin, but I want to talk about what you all want to hear. So, um, if you're interested, feel free to shoot me a DM at health.with.tay on Instagram. Feel free to contact me and let me know what you want to talk about, but I hope that you were able to take something from this episode and if you did take something and are going to try and apply it to your day-to-day or your life, let me know how it goes. Send me a message. My DMs are always open if you need resources for mental health or wellness or just someone to talk to. And yeah, thank you for being here. I'm so grateful to have you here and uh, I will talk to you next week. Bye. Thank you.